George doesn't have one because he hasn't been here, but uh, Josh, if you can take these and <clears throat> if you need one, raise your hand. He's got some that he can give you, and so we'll just hand those out. I want to just finish tonight with today, 29th, <coughs> tomorrow the 30th. And uh, it says as a suggestion as we do this 30 days of praise and the challenge that it is that um, we've been going through these and it starts over every seven days with the same subject, the same topic. And so we started on day one with God and then family and then friends and then home and self and nature and prayer. And there were different topics and different avenues that we talked about in those seven different things and different uh, references that we went to. Tonight, on the 29th, <clears throat> it doesn't give us a Bible verse to, or a suggestion that way, but rather it says, write a letter to God, praising him for the blessings in your life. Dear God. <coughs> and we could really just stop and think about it. And, that, and And that's individually, whether you do it on paper or whether you just mentally write it in, in your mind as you talk to him. Think about writing a letter. Of course, we don't have to write a letter to God because he's ever-present and able to hear us. But just the idea of writing down and, uh, and, and, and verbalizing and, and putting on paper what the Lord means to us and what he's done for us. Day 30, family. Tell each family member you are thankful for them and why. And to take the time to tell each one individually that you are thankful for them and why. And so that's how we'll end our 30 days. And uh, I'm going to be hanging on to this paper and using it again in the future. But it's just been a way to go through in the month of November and giving thanks. What I want to do now is just try to hit on some of the, <coughs> of the topics or the highlights or maybe the ones that stuck out to me. Back in day one, what attribute of God do you cherish today? And we write ab about how awesome he is. I mentioned that before. Psalm 33 and verse 8 says, he is awesome. And uh, we sing, O Lord, my God, how great thou art. And Psalm 119 verse 161 says, <coughs> not only is he awesome, but verse 161 of 119 says his word is awesome. And I really do believe that God's word is awesome. And I love his word. I really do. I don't just like a certain style or a certain version. I really believe that I can hold in my hands the word of God in English. And I love his word. And, uh, and so I'm thankful for our God being an awesome God. But he is, he's more than that. I'm sure most of us have seen this video of the old black preacher uh he is king of kings that's my king and he is lord of lords and he is and he just goes on and he just goes on and he just goes on and then after he's been going on for a couple minutes he says i wish i could describe him to you because you really can't fully describe him he is king of kings he is lord of lords he is god of gods he is everything and so our god is an awesome god and praise the lord for him and uh, I love what Daniel said. Look with me in Daniel chapter 2. I love the way Daniel said it. And uh, Daniel chapter 2, 
he's really on the spot because the king is mad. He's had a dream. No one can interpret it. <clears throat> but he's been told that Daniel has been praying that God would help him to interpret the dream. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 14, Then Daniel answered with a counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. And he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king to kill us all? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. We need to figure out what the king's dream was or we're all going to die. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. By the way, I believe, and most people believe, that this is where the wise men came from years, years, years later in the Christmas story. That the original wise men were these men here in Persia, in Babylon, in Daniel's time. <clears throat> and so, verse number 19, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. God revealed. Can you imagine praying and saying, Lord, please help me to understand the dream that some other person had. I mean, think about it. I, not only understand it, but to even know what it was, because the king can't remember what it was. <clears throat> only God can do that. And so after God reveals to Daniel, have you ever had God answer your prayer <coughs> and you just say, Lord, thank you. This is, this is wisdom straight from you. And so it says, wisdom and might are his, not me. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made me known unto me, made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. <clears throat> the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? And you got to love the answer here. Because he did not fall into temptation of saying, Now's my chance to impress the king with me. <clears throat> but instead, Daniel said this, verse 27. He answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. By the way, wise men, astrologers study stars, and magicians are magi. That's, that's where these these wise men that showed up in, in Jesus' uh, birth story from, this is where, <clears throat> and don't you think they read the book of Daniel? Anyhow, we'll keep going. 
He said, not the wise men. Your wise men, your astrologers, your magicians, your soothsayers show unto the king. Can't happen. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar's what shall be in the latter days. I just love that. There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. It's not me and it's not anybody else, but there is a God in heaven. My God, the true God, the one and only. He's awesome. He's everything. Praise God for it. Um, we can go on tonight, but I'll look at day five. Give thanks to God for something you've overcome. Psalm chapter 40. I look around the room, and I don't think anybody in here got saved this past week. I'm assuming that everybody in here, if you are saved, you've been saved for some time. And so Psalm chapter 40, I want to read this to you, and think. I want you to think about it again. <clears throat> Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. <clears throat> now, not everyone in here grew up the same way, and not everyone here came to the Lord the same way necessarily. Some in here, like the children that are here right now, you grew up as a young person in church. Others in here, you did not. And you maybe lived an adult life for some time before you ever got saved. And I don't know everyone's background or story here, but probably at least somebody in the room could say, he brought me up out of a miry pit and has set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Give thanks to God for something you've overcome. If you've been saved longer than a week, and I'm assuming everybody in here has, have you not overcome something? Now, right now, the devil's trying to overcome you with something else. And unfortunately, that's what we all focus on. We all focus on the fail, at least I do. I focus on the current failure I'm having. And sometimes it's good for me to turn around and look at the failure I used to have that I no longer have. Because I'm overcoming that. I've overcome that one. You see what I'm saying? We forget the old problems we used to have. He brought us up out of my... I hope you can say something like that. Now, again... Not everybody in here has the same background, the same story. But look with me in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. <clears throat> Stand fast. This is also the verse we use in Hope Ministry on Friday night. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. God made you free. You don't need to go back to the bondage. And hopefully, if you've been saved for any length of time, there is something that you used to be in bondage to that you are now free from. <coughs> and there might still be something you are not free from yet. And while that is a concern, and I certainly understand it's a concern, don't forget to thank him and remember already what he did. It will help you to be encouraged about what he can still do. If you're like me and you read the story of the Hebrew slaves and they leave Egypt and they go across the Red Sea on dry ground after having ten plagues that were amazing and they put blood on the door and the death angel visits all the houses that didn't have the blood on the door and there's death in those homes but they're rescued. They go through the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army's chasing them. His army 
gets drowned in the sea. They go to the other side, and they, whoa, and they have a wonderful celebration. And then they start complaining, and they start whining. You know why? Because they started forgetting. That's what we've been doing this whole month. We're trying to remember the blessings. We're trying to stop and turn around and say, wait a minute. I know it's bad today, but look where I came from. They got so bad, they were like, we should go back to Egypt because in Egypt we did you And you read it and you're like, now the truth is, probably I would be just like them if I was there. <clears throat> so it's a lot easier for me to judge them reading the story. But we're all that way. And I want to encourage you tonight to stop being down in the dumps and stop focusing on the present situation as if it's impossible. Did you not remember? Do you not remember what he already has done for you? Look, there are people in this room that have told me and have said it publicly that you should have been dead. Someone, I won't say his name, but his initials are B.A. and he likes archery. He went like this one time with an arrow and shot it straight up in the arrow, hair as high as he could. Because it was fun. Except this time he couldn't figure out where the arrow went. And so he thought, I better run the opposite direction of where I, where I think it's going. And so he ran as hard as he could. And all of a sudden the arrow boom, landed right next to it. It's a dumb way to kill yourself. And maybe God in heaven said, look at that dummy. Here, tap that. And just let it drop next to him. Now, the thing, the thing that's most important about that story is is that when B.A. did that, he was only a young man, and he was not saved. That's how serious that is. <clears throat> There's other people in here that you used to be in combat, and you said you stood and looked down, and there was a bomb standing right there between your feet, and it didn't go off, but it was supposed to. And they weren't saved when that happened. See, that's that's just the blessing of God. Now you say, "Oh, but I've got all I've got." May I mean, Pastor, if someone put a a grenade in my pocket and it blew off, it would be almost as bad as what I got. Listen, but you'd go to heaven this time. So even if you do have a really bad situation right now, you're saved now. You weren't then. I'm just saying that He brought you out of a miry pit, and we forget that. We take it for granted. First John chapter 5. Sometimes it's just real good to stop and say, you know, it's been really rotten. But it's still better than it could have been. <laughs> Yesterday, jumped into my truck, sitting right out here by the building. Jumped into my truck, turned the key, and and it didn't start. It didn't start like it was cold, but it wasn't cold. Well, that's funny. So I, yin, 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 yin. Yin, 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 yin. and all of a sudden I realized my fuel pump is gone out. And I knew that's a big job and it's a real hassle and you can't move your vehicle if you can't get your fuel pump to start. And it never gives you a warning. It never says, hey, 30 days, I'm going out. And um, 
I was bummed about it, and it sure messed up my schedule, and I had to figure out what I was going to do and that kind of thing. But in the middle of it, I thought, and the Lord helped me to remember, this was Tuesday yesterday, Monday I was in Belfouche with that truck. And I said, thank you, God, because having to go out right here ain't near as troublesome as having to go out a couple hours from home. There's just lots of things that we need to stop and realize how good God is in hell, favorable he is to us. And then First John chapter 5, verse 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. <clears throat> and this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen, if you are saying, but I have never overcome anything, you might want to check your salvation. Because there should be some overcoming, and there should still be some more overcoming coming ahead. You need to be an overcomer. You're supposed to be an overcomer. And if you're not, no one else is getting a blessing out of it either. But praise God for his, his ability. I mentioned Sunday about forgiveness. You talk about an overcoming. There's an overcoming. And what we forget about in the middle of our issue is when we can forgive and we can show kindness in, in, the, in, in return for what was ugliness, it speaks a testimony to someone. And God gets the glory for it. Also another one is prayer day 7 Philippians 4 6 <coughs> Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 Be careful for nothing. That literally means be full of care for nothing. <coughs> But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's not, a, that's not a holiday. That's an attitude every day. Let your requests be made known unto God. We have got to thank him as much or more than we pray about something that we want. You've got to thank him. If you're not praying with thanksgiving, you're, you're not praying right. Your prayers have to be thankful. You might not feel like being thankful today, but that's only because you've forgotten what you can be thankful for. You need to stop and praise him for what he's already done, what he's done for you. And so I can literally say, God, thank you for this fuel pump going out today and not yesterday. And God, thank you that I even have a vehicle to put a new fuel pump in. And thank you that I at least have a plastic card in my pocket that will help me buy the pump. And thank you that I will probably have enough means to pay the person who owns that plastic card. And thank you, God, that it's just a fuel pump and not a wreck. And it's just a fuel pump and not a child or a, or a loved one. There's so many things we can be thankful for. I remember what Matthew Henry said. He said, I was, he was robbed one time. And he said, I'm thankful. I don't know if I can remember all four things. I'll try. He said, I'm thankful, first of all, that I'd never been robbed before. 
and that's that's probably true for most of us. It's the first time I've ever been robbed. <clears throat> Secondly, I'm thankful that even though they took my money, they didn't take my life. Praise the Lord. And thirdly, I'm thankful that even though they did take my money, it wasn't much. And fourthly, he said this, and God, I'm thankful that it was I who got robbed and not I who was doing the robbing. I'd much rather be the one robbed than the one doing it. So we should always be able to give God thanks. And if you aren't, it's because something's wrong. And as I was asking Bennett a couple weeks ago in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. Everything means all, Bennett says. I think he's right. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because all things work together for good to them that love God. So no matter what, God has a good plan. It might not be according to your plan, but it's still a good plan even if it isn't according to your plan. It might be the devil's plan, but God's going to spin it to make it his plan. God works everything for his good and his glory, and all things work together for good to them that love God. And so even we eventually look at it and say, you know what, this was actually a wonderful thing. Praise God. And that brings it to another verse. Just just the fact that all things, that he, he, he has the ability to work it out. There isn't anything that happens <clears throat> that God is shocked about or, or dismayed because he couldn't make it happen. No, it's all according to his will, and it's going to be okay. Praise God for that. Now, that brings me to another one, and that would be, I'm just going to pick a verse, and you can pick what day you want to match this with, but Proverbs chapter 3. I have these verses memorized, but <coughs> we'll look at them. Proverbs chapter 3. Day 12 is about self, and it says, thank God for the strength he gives you. We read already Daniel chapter 2 and how that Daniel gave all the glory and credit to God for the strength and the might that he gave him to interpret the dream. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Listen, that's exactly what my dog does. My dog leans to her own understanding. That's exactly what my unsaved neighbor does. If I have an unsaved neighbor, they're leaning to their own understanding. That's what your unsaved co-worker does. They lean to their own understanding. That's what your unsaved relatives do. They lean, and you know what? A lot of us are doing it, and we shouldn't be because we have a God. We don't have to lean to our own understanding. We don't have to operate according to how we feel or what looks good with just our human brain, but whether we can trust the Lord with all thine heart. I mentioned also how that giving is thanksgiving. And you know why I think God set it up that way? And why God would ask us to be givers? Because one of the first ways that you can learn faith and obedience is through your money or through your time. And it's a great way to teach your children. 
when our children were old enough to understand, we would explain to them that mommy and daddy do this, and we make sure we always have this. This is what belongs to God. And we never, ever use it for anything else. And we got them to understand that that's very fearsome. That's an important thing. And what it does is it causes us to be able to have faith. And then there's times where, you know, one of these plates get passed around on Sunday morning, and it's like, but I got a fuel pump. My kids know I have a fuel pump problem. It goes in there. And then they see mom and dad still driving around the car and not yelling and screaming at each other and not getting divorced and not throwing their fit because God paid for the fuel pump. It, it got, got taken care of. And it's one of the easier ways, really, to learn to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And when you're a preacher and you say all this kind of stuff in front of people, sometimes he makes you practice what you preach. And you have to trust the Lord with all your heart. And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways. All right. What does all mean? In all thy ways, everything. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I think my wife has a good little test for me, and I'm glad she has it. Did you pray about that? Was this decision made with prayer? See, anybody can lean to their own understanding. Well, I didn't need to pray about that. It was it was a no-brainer. Anybody besides me have some of those real, I mean, it really was a no-brainer. I mean, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-ask-God-about-it-brainer. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How many days a week do you need God to give you directions? When you first get saved, you might say, oh, a couple days at least. But by the time you get old enough to realize, seven, 24-7. Then it says, be not wise in thine own eyes. And how many of us have been there? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We, we put God first and God rewards where we need it. I don't mean to tell you that by giving to God, I have a jet airplane or I live in a mansion. But I certainly have a vehicle I like to drive when it works. And I have a house that's just fine. And more importantly, I have stuff that you can't buy with money. And I know it. And even if it doesn't seem like you've been materially blessed, if you haven't been to the hospital in a while, that's a blessing. <clears throat> There's just so many things that God has been good to us about and protects us. And probably when we get to heaven, we're going to find out about stuff we didn't even know about. We're going to find out about accidents we didn't have, but we were supposed to have, but we didn't have. 
I remember one preacher saying he, he was traveling with his fifth wheel, one of those evangelists was traveling with a fifth wheel trailer and going through the mountains of Colorado. Came on down the other side and, and uh, stopped at a rest stop or gas station and just happened to walk by the front tire. There was not one lug nut on the lugs. He stood there and just stared. His whole family and pretty much everything he owned just went up and over the other side. He said later he envisioned the angels. You know how the Bible says he gives his guardian angels. And he envisioned his angel hanging on to those lug nuts going around, you know, down the highway. This dummy... You just wonder how many times. See, we don't we don't see that. But I promise you that's probably happens. There's a there's a drawing that I saw where old lady sitting on a bench praying and there's this evil looking demon wanting to mess with her, but God's angels is holding him back. I think stuff like that happens and we just don't we don't think about it. We also had day 14 in Psalm 138 that we should just be praying. We could even just use this chapter as a prayer. In Psalm 138, it says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. In other words, I'm not giving praise to any other gods. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's why we love the word. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high. I love this. Though the Lord be high, how, how high is he? We, we can't even tell you. Yet hath he respect unto the lowly. It's not easy to be humble. But I'll tell you what, it's sure easy to get God's attention when you're humble. The Lord is very high, and yet he respects the very low. But the proud he knoweth afar off. And everybody, including me, has our pride that needs to get let go. He's ashamed of the proud, and he does he resists the proud. He doesn't want to bless the proud. He'd rather not be associated with the proud. There's only one that deserves to be proud, and that's him. And Lucifer and everyone else fall when they try to be proud. And then verse 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble... Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Tonight I was teaching the young people about Naboth and Ahab and Jezebel. It's a story that will make you grind your teeth because it's so wrong. But I asked the young people, where's Naboth right now? 
he's in heaven. He got ripped off and he got killed. Wicked people. And you know what? He's not only in heaven. Where's Ahab and Jezebel? Hell. And not only that, but one day the Bible says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and Naboth will get his vineyard back. So, though I walk in the midst of trouble, he's going to stretch his hand out against the wrath of mine enemies, and he'll save me. And then the last verse says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. When I read, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It reminds me of the verse that everybody in here knows, if you've been around a while, is my favorite verse. Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's so easy to lose confidence and to lose sight of what God's doing. But what God starts, he finishes. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He's the alpha and omega. And what he starts, he finishes. This is why I've never been worried about global warming, because I know who started the globe. And he'll warm it up one day when he wants to. This is why if God started your marriage, there's two people in here that are about to be married. This is why if God started your marriage, you can trust him. And I've been trying to warn them. It ain't all going to be like it is right now. But if he started it, he'll finish it. Being confident of this very thing, if he called you to be a pastor in Custer, South Dakota, you might have some bad days. But if that's what he started, he'll complete it. That word finish, perfect, he'll perfect in me. He'll complete it. God doesn't start something unless he plans on finishing it. That's why I trust the Bible, because it's his word. He didn't start something and then leave it to man to finish it. He started it. He'll complete it. He, he has kept his word as he said he would. I trust him. And I can trust him and we can trust him. And so we can be confident that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What's the day of Jesus Christ? When he comes back, when he returns. In other words, from now until he's back, we can trust him. And I love the fact that Jesus told the disciples to get into the ship, get into their little boat, and go out on the Sea of Galilee. And out in the middle of the, all of a sudden there's a storm and it's terrible and they're scared. And these guys are professionals at fishing and boating and they're scared and they're bailing water and they think they're going to drown. And every one of them forgot, and I would have too because we're, we're human. They forgot. Who put us in the boat? Wait a minute, wait a minute, just time out. Who put us in the boat? Can we not trust him? Now, if you got in the boat on your own and it was not what he wanted, good luck with that. 
But if he, if if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you are where you're supposed to be, then it doesn't matter how bad the storm is. He puts you there so you can trust him. This is what we have to learn. To be confident that whatever he starts, he'll finish. God, is is this where you want me to be? Then I know you'll finish it. And that's why I love that story of Stephen Grellett, the weird guy that lived a couple hundred years ago. And, and God impressed upon his heart to go preach at a loggers camp up in Pennsylvania. And he was living in the city and God just burdened upon his heart. You go preach in the loggers camp up there in the, in the hills. And so he goes to the camp and he gets up to the camp and it's vacant. They had pulled out like the day or two before and moved on to a different area. And, and God told him to go to this camp and preach. And, and Stephen Grellett stand there and he's, he was just weird. He talked really old-fashioned, you know, these and thou's. Lord, dost thou deceive me? And it was like God saying, no, I told you to preach. So he stood up. They still had this empty structure that was like their, their chow hall or something. And so he stood up in the biggest room he could find there and the biggest building. And, and he stood up and he just started preaching. And he just and preached his whole sermon to this building. When he's done, he said amen and walked back down to the city. Years later, he was in London, not in Pennsylvania. He was across the Atlantic Ocean, and he's walking across the bridge or wherever it was in the street, and there's this guy coming the other way, and he said, good evening, how art thou? And he talks in his weird, his weird lingo. And the guy stops him, he's from America, and he goes, who are you? Did you ever used to be in America? Yeah. Did you, do you ever used to be in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Sir, did you ever, did you ever preach a sermon in a logging camp that was empty? Yes. The man said, I'm so-and-so, and I was a part of that logging camp, and we'd forgotten some tools, and they sent me back. And as I got back to the camp, I could hear a voice coming out, and it scared me. I thought, what in the world? And I snuck up to the window, and I listened to your sermon. And it broke my heart. It reminded me of what I had learned as a boy. And I went back to the camp, and I started a chapel, and we started having services. This is a weird story, but it was a God story. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you are like me and you, you get all excited and you're determined that you're going to talk to someone about the Lord, you're going to give someone a track and talk to them about the Lord, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is not right. It's right, it just doesn't feel right. We have to learn to trust him. And, um, and then don't forget. As I was saying last week, the night before Thanksgiving, Psalm 103. Ask God, day 28, ask God to help you to note the evidence of his goodness upon your lives. Ask him to help you not to forget. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I mean, it's just a fact that we forget we forget some. 
Verse 3 says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Just stop and think about all that he's forgiven you for. Man. Don't forget what he's already done. Sometimes it's just good to stop and to remember you drove thousands of miles on that fuel pump. Don't forget that. You uh, you could have had this happen and it didn't. Don't forget that. There's so much we forget. And let's not forget just because November is over. Let's not forget. And if you're discouraged because you're not overcoming and because you're being defeated by a, a challenge that's going on right now, don't forget you did overcome before and you can overcome again. And don't forget the stories and the examples you've heard from other people that what God did for them, what God did for Daniel, what God did for Joseph, what God did for Stephen Grellett, what God did for some. Let's remember he's the same God. Don't forget. Let's continue to remember him and to thank him. You, you only stop thanking him if you lose your memory and you can't remember how good he's been. Don't forget. Don't let the devil rob your memory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for our blessings. We thank you for our, our, our blessings. And help us to learn this and to remind ourselves of this and to truly be thankful. Help us to maybe keep going with this concept and not just do it in November. Help us to just be people who are giving thanks and not just asking for stuff. Help us to remember to witness and to share the gospel. Help us to be what you'd have us to be and help us to see what you're doing in the big picture and not just our little picture. And help us to recognize what you'd have us to do right now no matter how uncomfortable it might be. Lord, help us to praise you and to live truly blessing you and giving you the glory. Please use us and thank you for using us. In Jesus' name, amen.